experience the ripple effect. This is the Empowering Youth Podcast from Building Utah Youth. A nonprofit organization established in 2007 to provide powerful leadership training to the youth of our communities. And now, here's your host, by board member, co-owner of Rapport International and certified trainer, Brett Johnston. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Empowering Youth Podcast. I'm here today with uh, Jeff Catano. Um, and then I have the Wilson family here with us, uh, Adam Wilson, Kellyanne, and then we have Hunter, the big Hunter, and then uh, Brooklyn. And uh, we're really honored to have them here with us today to share their story of themselves and their family, because we do know that uh, part of Building Utah Youth is, is a lot about family and, and support systems and things like that. And so I'm going to start by first um, talking about Adam Wilson. Um, Adam was one of the original uh, founders of Building Utah Youth. Uh, he originally went to the training back in 2006, and that's really where his journey started. So I'm going to let Adam kind of take off and really start sharing with us a little bit about the Wilson family. I, I do have to say one thing before you start. Yeah. The first time I remember seeing you was when I went to my stepson's graduation when he graduated from Teen Leadership Breakthrough. What year and, was that, do you think? Um, gosh, that had to be about four or five years ago. Mesa, when did you go Mesa? to class? When did you go to class? I Off. I'm a little off. (laughs) (laughs) Close enough. So eight years, I mean five, it's it's close. Um, you were in the audience at graduation, and I remember you standing up and talking to the the entire class and and referring to referring back to how you wish you had that program when you were a teen and how valuable it would have been to you. And at that time, I really didn't, didn't grasp the whole concept of what you were talking about until I went through the program myself with my stepdaughter. And then it really, it really hit home. So, you know, I, I just had to share that memory because that's something that's always stuck in my mind the first time I ever met you. Thanks, Jeff. I, uh, you know, I'm an emotional. Uh, Here you go. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Because it means so much. And uh, December of 06 actually is when I went through the Leadership Breakthrough One. And, and uh, it was a defining moment in, uh, in my life and in our, in our life soon after. And, and uh, about three, four months coming home from that class, um, I realized, man, how powerful would this be to have these types of tools when you're 16, 17, 18 years old instead of 30, 40, 50, 60 years old. And, so the Sorensons is who told me about the program, and they said, "Hey, you got to go talk to Gary Cap about uh, about your your desire to bring this into the to the youth and to the teen class." And when I found out they had a teen class, Gary, I went over to Gary Cap's office, and we were crying and laughing for about three hours. He thought I was a sales guy at first, so he didn't want nothing to do with me. <laughs> but once I got into his office, it was it was pretty neat. And then uh, from there, we. We just pulled the 10, 15 different companies at that point all together in one room. And that's how the beginning of Building Utah Youth came about. And it was just perfect timing with everybody. And and uh, it's been one of the greatest blessings. Hunter was eight years old when that happened. And Brooklyn was, you know, five, six years old. And, and uh, you know, I'll let Kelly share a few things, what she saw for me, because I'd been through a lot of different 
you know, two day events or seven day events with different programs. And then two weeks later, you know, the old habits kicked back in and, you know, and then she's just like, you know, but uh, this one was different. I'll let her share a few things, you know, with, uh, with that. Yeah, Kelly, share with us. Uh, think, think back, you know, 15 years ago. Um, we can, we can picture Hunter and Brooklyn at, at that age pretty easy, but it's pretty hard to picture Adam and the Wilson family at that time. Uh, well, I clearly remember no matter how long ago it was because I thought he was weird. <laughs> I was like, what happened to you? <laughs> and for two days, I just couldn't understand like his behavior. And, um, it just, I mean, not necessarily in a bad way, but I kind of almost was like, had this wall up avoiding him because it was so strange. But then he, he started to settle down just a little bit. But what I noticed was that he was serious about his habits and that he really was actually making changes. And I was drawn to that. And it, it touched my heart in a way that I didn't expect for how I was feeling for the first two days of him getting home from that. Yeah, as you think about your your family at that time, I mean, you, you have a family of eight now. Yeah. Yeah, big yeah. family. Yes. A Plus lot a of work. Dog. And a dog. <laughs> well, yeah. What's the dog's name? Beskar. Beskar. If you're a Mandalorian fan, you Beskar, that that's is. where it's at. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if you look back uh, that far back in your lives, you two, and think about, um, you know, where were you guys at at that point in your life? What did your mar- What was your marriage like? You know, your your family at that point in time. Um, you know, your focuses, your vision for yourselves. What, what 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 were you seeing at that time? I've been in the mortgage business for twenty years, and so at that time we were still establishing a good, you know, referral partner system and and base, and that really uh, was a catapulting part of business. Um, that was pre-08 in the mortgage business, right? And I had the opportunity to go back on team multiple times to keep it uh, front and center and, and in my heart with the training. And my mindset was top notch in 08, 09, 10 with business and also our family. And and uh, I directly relate the mindset and the abilities to perform during those years where everybody else was struggling or the market was getting hammered, we actually changed our approach and started doing mailers in multiple states. And we actually thrived through 08, 09, 10, 11. We made uh, more money year after year after year. And uh, it actually also cleansed out a lot of the, the marketplace. So we were able to go get secure more relationships. And and uh, I know with with the marriage, you know, Kelly and I, we, the moment we saw each other, our hearts we're fluttering and we feel like we're soulmates and we've been through ups, ups and downs though, for sure. And, uh, you know, that, uh, 15 years ago, Nikoya was what, two, two years old mm-hmm. and little Avalon was, so we were right in the heart of the, you know, getting the kiddos here for sure. So what, what do you remember? <laughs> we were halfway there, six kids. So we had, we had our third and I, my focus was just on really, being a good mommy and uh, Adam was very busy and uh, I was probably getting to the point where stay home moms do get and maybe feeling a little lost or something. So um, it was really neat to come across rapport and then dive in myself and find some uh, leadership and some new strength. Yeah. Tell me about your journey with the training, because I love hearing about stay at home moms that, uh, 
get an opportunity to see the best in themselves and recognize that their role as a mom is the greatest role on the planet. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Especially when they're feeling a little lost. Yeah. I would call myself a great example for those who are afraid to go through the training because uh, when I, so Adam had left a pamphlet on the kitchen counter and uh, about rapport and I decided to read it one day and something struck me. This is, I, I think I need this. And I humbled myself and, and I just said, Adam, I, I think I do want to experience what you just experienced. And I think it would help us grow if I knew what you experienced. And so uh, he called and had me there within like three days and <laughs> you didn't want me to change my mind. And when I got there, I, uh, I felt completely out of place when we, you go around the circle and you introduce each, in, yourselves. And I was among CEOs. I was among huge business owners. And when it got to me, I was like, uh, <laughs> I was damn mom. <laughs> and I just felt like I, I was out of place. And I called Adam that night. I hid in the bathroom and I calculated that if he drove four hours and picked me up, I could be gone and my team would never know I had left. <laughs> That's how bad I wanted to leave. I thought I was not, I was completely out of place. But by the end, all of those CEOs were focused right on what my focus was. And that was their families. Yeah. You became the household CEO. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> I sure did. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's great to watch that transformation take place and, and the empowerment that happens for the rest of the, the teams when you get open and honest and start sharing, you know, those, those struggles and, and, and I'll say a little bit of, you know, some insecurities and whatnot in, in like the self-worth part, uh, as far as being the, the stay at home mom mm-hmm. and, you know, there's love, but you give so much love to everybody else mm-hmm. that it's, it's hard often to give the love back to yourself. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of get lost in that mm-hmm. whirlwind of mm-hmm. raising kids mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, and being able to share that hourly. I'm sure that those CEOs and business owners were absolutely, you know, um, inspired and motivated themselves by hearing your stories. Mm. And I was inspired by them as well. So yeah, but when you got there, no, I was like, well, I think I'm in the wrong place. (laughs) And, you know, I wanted to escape, but I loved it so much that I was a master grad within a few months. I just kept going back and back and back. I loved it. So you guys, you guys both graduate from the training and and then you, um, you continue to work on the family. I mean, right then you said you were halfway, right? Right. Three of six. We didn't know that, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So did you know all along you were going to have six kids? It was just kind of like a couple little, a couple little miracles in there. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. So you know, as you look back into that journey, what are some of the defining moments? When we talk about in the, in the teen training, you guys remember, we talk about defining moments, right? Those moments in our lives that really define a little bit of who we are. And sometimes those defining moments are where we make some pretty big mistakes. Some of those defining moments are where we have strong awareness and really own things in our lives or something happens to us, right? And it allows us to focus on you know, who we are and where we want to be to start moving in those directions. So, you know, what are some of those defining moments that really help shift the Wilson family? If you don't mind, I'll take that one. I specifically remember um, building Utah Youth actually being one of those defining moments. I remember, you know, going into it, I think I was in between my sophomore and junior year and I was not, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider myself, you know, the most athletic or confident or, or like, you know, someone who I would look up to in, in third 
person. But if you guys could see Hunter today, he's like a, he, he looks like he's completely athletic. He's, <laughs> he's really, really handsome. And uh, I mean, he could be a supermodel, don't you guys think? Yeah. That's yeah, a, I'm sure the girls are constantly chasing Hunter. <laughs> yeah. You would think he was a celebrity if you oh saw my. him, honestly. And honestly, the confidence level just exudes off of him yeah. when yeah. he walks in the room. He actually, well, he actually served a mission in South Korea, and so a lot of South Koreans didn't even know that there could be crystal blue eyes. And so here's this blonde hair, crystal blue eye, you know. American. In Are South your eyes Korea. real? <laughs> Can I touch your hair? <laughs> but anyway, to get back to the story, I, uh, I remember going into this and, and thinking back on the graduations my dad had taken me to. And I saw these people screaming across rooms to each other. And I was like, the heck am I going to? Like, I don't even, you know, I was not super excited. And I had a, my little pony backpack and I get there and I'm like, okay, where am I? And I was just confused. And I remember you know, th over the course of the different modules we went through, I had to really show some enthusiasm and I had to show some positivity and show some confidence. And I had to help a couple of the kids that were there who were really struggling. And I just remember it went from being very much like, I don't want to do this to like, oh my gosh, like I'm doing this and I'm getting these guys to do it. Like you're not quitting on me. And, and, you know, I just had this cool relationship build with a couple of people who I probably never would have said hi to at school, honestly. And I remember I'm up, doing one of the final modules and I start off way excited and enthusiastic and I'm, and I'm crushing it and I sit down a couple of the other kids go and, and I didn't think they did as good. So I see them, you know, get told they, they fail or whatever. And then I go up and I do my awesome performance and I'm all, I for sure was like the best one. Like I'm, I'm going to get past or whatever, you know, here I am in my head. Mm -hmm. And, and one of the trainers goes, Mr. Wilson, you started off very strong with some enthusiasm and then you tapered off and whatever you said after that was not even worth listening to. And I was like, who talks to me like that? And your parents, and, <laughs> but legit, I was like, it, you know, it shook my core. And she goes, you don't finish what you start with the same energy you started it with. Where else does that show up in your life? And, uh, I was a, you know, I was a wrestler and immediately all the, all the matches I lost because I gave up in the third round went through my head. And, you know, all the times I went to go talk with someone, make a new friend and just kind of gave up because I got nervous, you know, went through my head and all the missed opportunities I probably went through. Uh, they all went through my head right in that moment. And I went, wow, that shows up just about in every corner of my life, I'd say. And, um, you know, from that moment forward, my motto was start strong and finish stronger. And, uh, I'd say that motto's carried me over through my whole life. So, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. yeah so you think sure. back to, um, you know, before that training, yeah. You know, there were, there were some obstacles in your way. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. But whose obstacles were they? Mine. Yeah. And, and I guess to expound on, you know, who I was before the training, I, um, I'm hearing impaired. So I got hearing aids. And I had these big old glasses. Everyone thought I looked like the kid off the Christmas movie, you know, don't shoot your eye out. <laughs> he and was I, uh, cute. <laughs> you can take your mother for that. To mom. <laughs> your dad was like, no, no, Kellyanne, don't get him those. And she's like, oh, but they're so cute. They're so cute. <laughs> but legit, I, you know, and I, I remember in sixth grade, I was the shortest boy in my class. So there's only one girl I could have a crush on. Right. I was just not a, <laughs> that's just how it there worked. There's one girl shorter than you. Exactly. Exactly. And so I just remember I, you know, from a, 
from the perspective of, you know, others, I, I for sure got picked on in elementary and junior high. And I think that affected my self image quite a bit. I think I was, you know, very in my head after being picked on and, you know, self-conscious about having hearing aids, like what 12 year old has hearing aids, you know, this is really hard, honestly, to go through, but you know, again, back to, back to rapport and just choosing to be myself. I was like, you know, I'm either going to grow up and, uh, and kind of succumb to all these feelings of negativity and, you know, being nothing or worthless even to, to being like, you know what, I get to choose if confidence is something that defines me or not. And, you know, sure enough, I, I chose that confidence was the route I was going to go down and I've, I've stuck to it. So, so how has that changed your whole approach on everything moving forward after the class? I mean, you talked about a life-changing experience it right was, there, 100%. you know, and you've gone on to do some very difficult things. Yeah. You know, when I hear of, um, members of families going on missions, yeah, that's a hard thing for the entire family to go through. Oh yeah. Not only for you, but for the entire family. And you served a, a mission in Korea. I did. So after going through the class, how did it change you to deal with those difficult times? I, uh, that, that's a great question. I get the letter in the mail that, that every, you know, wannabe missionary gets where they send their application, they get their letter and it says, you know, dear elder Wilson, you're going to serve in the Korea mission. And I, uh, I had a moment of excitement go through me because that's an adventure. And I had a moment of dread go through me too, because I, I tried Spanish class in eighth grade and that didn't go very well. You tried it? I tried. Yes. Actually on that you, note, you, you took Spanish on that note before, before rapport, I would a hundred percent say I tried Spanish class hundred percent afterwards. Good I'd, answer. I'd get my butt kicked. Right. And so, you know, I went for it in Spanish class and hundred percent failed. And I, I took Chinese in high school and didn't do too good there either. And I go, I'm about to go live for two years in an Asian country where you know not a lot of people speak english and and i'm i'm getting you know called to go preach the gospel you know to teach about jesus and to and to do so in in their language and here i am you know again back to the hearing aids thing i i doubted my my capability of doing that i really 100 percent did and in the months getting ready to go i mean i remember sitting on on my bed with my mom one time being like mom i yeah I don't know if I can do this. I really don't. And your mom said, uh, she said, no one feels like they can. No one feels like they can. And I remember we pull up to the, the missionary training center in Provo and I grabbed my bags and I was like, you know what? And legit, I remember the start strong, finish stronger sentence went through my head and I was like, all right, we're starting. Today's the day. And, and every single day it was a grind. I walked into my first class at the missionary training center and the lady was like, And I was like, me too. Thank you. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> so what did she say in English? She was saying, all right, everyone sit down. We're about to learn Korean. We're doing this. And I was like, <laughs> but that's I exactly no what it sounded like. I had, <laughs> I had no clue what, what any of that was. Um, and so, but there it was, I started strong and every single day I, you know, if I felt myself tapering, I'd say, no, I'm finishing stronger. In order to do that, you got to keep the momentum because if you let the momentum die, you're not finishing stronger than where you started. And, uh, and that rolled over my whole mission. I had some rough, some really rough moments out. I mean, I remember landing and, and every single sign, like even McDonald's was in Korean. And I was like, what am I doing here? <laughs> I was, 
so crazy, but I, uh, every day was a perseverance game and I learned a lot about myself and, uh, I happily report that I finished stronger. Absolutely. I mean, we, t- we get to talk about that often, how, um, you know, the defining moments in our lives, those, those struggles, those painful events, yeah. you know, we, we, once we look back at them, the growth that we uh, get or the outcome that we get from having those, those um, moments, um, we wouldn't trade them, right? They're, no. they're the things that even though in that moment in time, they're so painful and, and we're thinking, why would I do this? Or, or how could I bring myself to this place or let myself come to this place or all those things. But now you turn around and, and look at who you are because of it. Right. Yeah. And, and now you speak Korean. Yeah. And I mean, I remember calling your, your phone and, and to leave you a voicemail and you, your message is in Korean. And I'm thinking, I'm going to use Hunter. It's going to happen somehow, some way, somehow, yeah. some way. Yeah. I mean, there's not that many people that I know that know Korean. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Brooklyn, you're up. Uh, I mean, just thinking about that. So I'm also getting ready to serve a mission right now, actually. I'm just doing the training center and I'm thinking about my biggest takeaways from the, from the class. And, um, the biggest thing that stood out to me that entire time was you can either choose to fail or you can choose to pass yourself. And I think it was one of those defining moments, you know, where I, where I did one of the modules and it was like, I watched all these other people go through and I watched them fail. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, you're doing that to yourself. Like, I was like, why, like, why are you doing that? Or like, what are these people that are passing? What are they doing? And I was like, it is seriously like one choice. Like these people are making that choice. And, you know, as I'm getting ready to train, there's been a lot of um, opinions I've heard about the home training center versus, you know, actually getting to be at a mission training center where you, you know, I have six weeks to learn Spanish and I think it'd be a lot easier to be in a, like a training center. And a lot of people told me that. And a lot of people said how much, you know, they, they found problems with the home MTC. And I was like, this is six weeks of my life. Like I'm either going to choose to like this or I'm going to choose to hate it. And getting in that class, kind of going in with that mentality. Um, I found so much that I was able to choose to make it a good thing. There's some, you know, you get a lot of fun personalities in a class like that. And uh, listening to it, I could either sit there and I could be like, oh, this this is going to be a long day. Or I could sit there and I found some of the most entertaining moments of my life, like in this class. And I was able to choose to um, let it be a good thing for me and to realize like making relationships with those different people was um, going to be the most beneficial for me. And I was able to um, get super close to my companion that I would be spending like at least three hours, just me and her a day. And um, I chose to get close to her. I chose to find the good things in my teachers and I've chose to have a great time in that. And I've chose to spend my time doing things that I knew I'd love. And, um, it's really changed my experience. And whenever people ask me how I feel about it, I said, it's been the most amazing, like six weeks of my life. Like I've, I've, but I've chose to make it like that. It's not just something that happened. So it sounds like it's just been really, really easy. <laughs> yeah. Everything has been oh, sunshine just... and rainbows and oh unicorns, right? I actually, uh, <laughs> this is the first story I think of going to that. So along with the learning, uh, the learning, the language thing, I remember we go into class one day 
And uh, I didn't know it was going to be like multiple districts with each other, which is basically just a whole bunch of different groups that are also doing the same thing, going to be together. And uh, they have these two fluent Spanish speakers, you know, they're teaching us from Colombia. And they give, us a, they give us an example of the exercise that we're going to be doing, which is getting to know somebody, um, figuring out what they need, kind of teaching them about Jesus Christ and what they need in that moment. And uh, so I'm like sitting there, I'm kind of listening, you know, picking up on maybe like a quarter of that Spanish because here I am, I've been doing this for three weeks, you know. And I'm sitting there and I was like, wow, that was, that was amazing. Like, good for them. I can't do that. And then they're like, okay, hey, we're going to put you guys into rooms. You're going to do this exact same thing. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I, I, you're like, I know this. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm I've gonna, been there before. Yeah, literally. That was the exact, that was the exact thing um, I thought. And so I get in there and it's me and my companion and we're, uh, we're going to do this lesson. And I was like, okay, we're going to do this. And so we get in there and you know, we're, we're, we're really working at it. And, uh, it's, it's just hard to know that you can do so much more but in another language. You kind of get that barrier, you know, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, the MTC is great, but this is a really, really hard moment for me. And we get done with the, we get done with the training with the person and me and my comm just look at each other and we were like, oh, that was really, that was, that was really hard. And we have like a five minute break. They're like, okay, five minutes. And, uh, and then we'll come back to class. And I was like, okay, I go up to my parents' bed and <laughs> I seriously just flop on their bed and I just start bawling. And I was like, I can't do this. And I was like, this is going to be, this is going to be too hard. Like, I, I really don't know if I can do this. And I was like, okay, I'll get back to class and they'll like, tell us like what we can do to get better. And so I go back to class and they're like, you're going to do the same thing again. <laughs> and I was like, let's do this. And so I said, let's say a prayer there's nothing else that I can do right now to learn everything I need to in Spanish right now. And so we said a prayer and it was one of the most um, spiritual prayers that I've had in my life. And um, our person that we came in to teach came in the room and I, I, I don't remember what I said. I don't remember the words that I spoke in Spanish, but I remember the lesson going so good that by the end of it, we were crying because the lesson was so good and so spiritual that that it had um, made us cry out of out of happiness and out of the spirituality and that turnaround just from being like, put me through it again and I'll show you that I can do it, you know? And that was, um, that was one of the really, really hard experiences because you get a lot of those, but when you get to work through it and come out on top, just like Report teaches you, it, it makes you grow so much. And that was definitely one of the biggest experiences for me. Yeah, I'm watching your parents while you're talking right now and you know, they're so proud and, and you know, when we're in, when we're in class and we're talking with each other, right. And we talk about how there are always people watching us and you guys have obviously had a lot of people in your lives whom, um, you've looked up to, right. And who have inspired you and motivated you and, and, helped guide you to some degree? Oh yeah. Even just having my dad, he's, you know, and my mom, they're just so complimentary of each other, but my dad's just this big figure and my mom's just this angel right next to him. You know, those are two really big examples to have in a life, especially. Well, I love, I love to say that behind every uh, strong man is an even stronger woman. <laughs> oh yeah. My dad would tell you that. <laughs> They say, uh, they say the man is the head of the house, but I would argue that the woman is the neck. So 
Good luck moving the head without her. Your dad has a very large head. <laughs> no, but as you guys listen to, you know, Hunter in Brooklyn, I mean, what are the, what's going through your minds? I mean, it's been, I guess when you turn around and look at it, it goes by pretty fast. Mm-hmm. The, the journey that you guys have been on, it's, it, it really is fast. I mean, 15 years is just, boom, it's gone, right? And, you know, what, do you, what, what goes through your minds? I just, I'm so touched by how hard they've worked through hard things. And uh, I remember when I went through the class that I, my biggest lesson was I can do hard things and hard things are good for me. And I just look at them and I think they, they took that on. Hunter did have a lot of things come up on his mission. He could have been like, oh yeah, yeah. I've seen elders go home before. I, I mean, he could have had that attitude, but he didn't. And he he really persevered and I see Brooklyn and I will never forget her flopping onto our bed in tears. Like, and I was like, Oh honey, I felt so, um, I felt obviously a mother's heart just reaches out and wants to fix it, but I have to watch them grow themselves and I have to watch them go through their own struggle. And I'm just grateful. I'm so grateful what they learned that they can do hard things and to push through. And it's just, touches my heart so much to see how they have done that and continue to do so. You know, it's one thing to learn something. It's another thing to, to apply it and another thing to share it and, and see it come full circle. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's been a beautiful thing. I've, I've learned a long time ago that <clears throat> if I'm going to get somewhere in life, you can go somewhere pretty quick by yourself. But if you're going to go somewhere far, you've got to have the right team. And so I knew the number one person I needed to get through rapport and other things to improve ourselves from within. So the outward of our lives can be improved is, was my wife. And I was so grateful to the moment she said, I'm interested and got her there. And, and, uh, it was just, it's just been beautiful to see, um, Hunter and Brooklyn be able to go through with building Utah youth and to see the the blessings because we were hanging on there by a thread there for a couple of years when the economy really, you know, really went down and went through a l- little bit of identity crisis there of what the board was doing and, and hanging in there. And it was just a blessing because I didn't know if uh, it was still going to be around when, when my kids started to go through and, and I just saw the magical light bulb click on with all these teens that were graduating you know, the first spring in 07, you know, we had 22, the moment we said, let's do this. And at that time, I think it was like a thousand bucks a kid, you know, to get 22 to go. And we raised 22 grand just like that in that one meeting. And we got 22 kids in and I was just like, we're off, we're doing this. And, and then to see the years click by and then it go from 22 to a hundred and then 200 and, you know, and then Hunter got to go through and, and uh, you know, I just love every one of those graduations because you just see that confidence light kick in and that magical, I can do this. And uh, to see it in our own tool, just, it's just inspiring. And, uh, you know, once, once you graduate this class or anything else, just like everything else in life, it gives us plenty of opportunities to grow. And that doesn't mean the trials and challenges and other things stop coming. I mean, it just gives us tools to realize, just like Brooklyn said, I have a choice here. I have a choice to embrace the chaos and, and learn from it and go for it in my life and overcome the obstacle, or I can choose to, to fail. And uh, 
I just love seeing, you know, Brooklyn and Hunter making the choices they're making right now. And it's a beautiful thing, you know, and obviously, you know, from the discussion, everybody knows that, uh, you know, we're members of the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints with all the missionary talk, but I just remember my mission and it was a defining moment. I just love that whole miracle, you know, and, and one last thing that I just see in, in Brooklyn and Hunter is, you know, at 17, 18, 19, 20 years old, this is one of the most selfish times in one's life, right? It's one of the most difficult. And it's just like, that's Jeff, that's, you know, went, going back to, man, if we could just equip kids and teens with this tool belt of, I can do it. I can overcome hard things. I can, you know, start strong, finish stronger. I, I mean, can fail and do it again. I can fail and do it again. And, and I, I can, can choose, take on, to, I can take on the world, which yeah, Brooklyn I can is choose do. to pass going myself. To way. <laughs> yeah. I can choose to pass myself and it's just beautiful. And, uh, I'm just, you know, grateful to the, for the people and the relationships that have come into our lives because of it. And, you know, I've invested a lot of opportunity and time and monies to send not only my family and immediate family and a lot of Kelly's parent, Kelly's family and, and, but my teammates and just everybody to, again, surrounding myself with the, with the team to go, to go somewhere. And it's just, uh, I just want to reiterate to everybody listening, like go invest in yourself. Like there, it just blows me away where people can go invest into other things. Very few people invest in themselves. And that's one of the greatest blessings that have come into my life is every time I've reinvested in myself and my family and helping people grow from within to have it come on the outward, it just magnifies tenfold. And that's what happened in over and over and over and on my career path and everything else. It's just, it's just been beautiful, but it's just awesome to see um, the family unite and have that same common language, the accountability, and we help each other. And, uh, you know, that question, where else is this showing up in your life? It, it really, it really makes you think. Yeah. You know, today, um, you know, team Wilson, pretty, pretty tough team, right? And, um, you guys have four younger siblings and I guarantee you, they watch you guys like you are their everything. And, <laughs> They watch you struggle, right? They watch you struggle with your relationships with friends and, um, you know, relationships when you find that, that person who you want to spend more time with, I'm sure Hunter, you beat them off with a stick. Um, but yeah. you gotta keep that older brother real strong, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, but they, they watch you go through all these things. And, and when you, when you, come out the other side. Okay. Right. That they know that it's okay, that it is part of the process. And, and today it's, it's so many people are afraid of the process, right? They want the outcome and, but they don't want the process that goes along with it. They don't want to spend the time and put in the work. And, you know, Adam talks about this all the time and that's, that's social media, right? And social media is fantastic for so many things. Um, and putting so much information out there and sharing all these wonderful um, experiences in life. But that's what people share mostly is all the positive, wonderful, beautiful things they're doing, experiencing, you know, the cars they're driving, the friends they're with, the places they're traveling, you know, their new shoes. And I mean, for love, what they're eating, I mean, all these great things. And yet it puts a lot of pressure. You know, I know that when I, when I was growing up, I didn't have any of that. I didn't have any influence on me. 
Um, I ran around with the same kids. We wore the same, you know, shoes for the most part because we got them all at the same store and we wore the same Levi's because we all got them at the same store and, and everybody that's, that's where we hang. We didn't know any different. And now, you know, you guys have had an opportunity to really be opened up to so much more. Um, you know, I'm, I'm curious how, because I know how your, your dad's stance on this. I'm, I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on that environment today. You know, I'll, I'll take that one. Cause I feel like, um, as a girl, there is a lot of, you know, as a girl or as a guy on social media, there's a lot of, uh, ways you're supposed to look. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of ways that I felt like I was supposed to, um, present myself. And, uh, you know, I think looking at myself, I had had a goal to get a really nice job and I became a dental assistant and I had really wanted a new car and I had bought a new car. And so from the outside, that's what somebody would see. And uh, what they didn't see was like the pain getting there, getting to that job that I was trying, I was working to train from seven to five at a dental place I had no previous training at. And so I would be working for so long, seven to five. And then I had school from six to nine and I was, you know, burning it at both ends. And then finally, after probably like five months, I had finally, I was finally able to do the dental assisting on my own. And so now I had this great job and I had been working to, you know, working at the same time to get money enough to buy that car. And you don't see those nights that I'm, I'm just wiped from getting up at six in the morning and going until 10 o'clock at night. Like, you know, nobody ever saw that kind of side of it or that side that, was so hard for me or nobody saw the side of, you know, struggling with self-image. Like you just see the, the smiling, happy side of me. And it's, there's a lot more that goes on beneath that. And I think that really, really isn't shown as much right now. And I can see it in, uh, in myself, like how I like people to know that there is a lot more that goes on beneath the surface than, you know, me just having a good job or having like the car that I wanted or having the friends that I wanted, like the pain that goes behind that, the the hours working to get there and the the hard moments to get to that level, you know? Yeah, it's called, a lot of people refer to it as sacrifice, but, you know, it's really investing in yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And wherever we invest our attention, our time, you know, our, our focus, and that's the outcome we get. And often we're so focused on certain things in our, li- in our lives that I know when I'm really focused on certain things, I neglect other things. And that's when my relationships really struggle. Um, that's when, you know, other areas of my life, I'm not investing in them as heavily because I'm so focused. And, you know, I'm sure you've had some of those experiences where you were so dialed into work, right? Grinding for work, get done with work, go to school, grind for school. You're going to get that car. And then where's everyone else? Yeah. I remember like coming home one day and my mom was like, you still have to hold up your end here. Like I wasn't doing anything at home. Um, I, I obviously didn't have a lot of time to spend with friends. Like my relationships at that time were just so, so getting put on the back burner that you, I wasn't focusing on what mattered. And that was like the love and the relationships that were keeping me going through those hours of work and school every day. You know, and that was kind of where that was falling because I just didn't have time for my, like I wasn't making the time for my family and my friends and I you can't do it all, you know. I want to, I want to ask you a question, Brooklyn. You've heard me say this how many times when I say technology is a blessing or a blessing or a curse. He always says and, it. And, it. And it truly is right. Like when we were going through high school, you know, 
we were comparing ourselves to the handful of people that we 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 knew in high school or yeah, whatever, the guys right? we ran around with or the, yeah, the we spent I, I, time with that was yeah. the only people or we, we got picked, or we to. got picked on yeah, and went right. home at the end of the day and didn't have to worry about someone coming at us on social media yeah exactly like just straight up like the opposing team whatever you want to call it you know evil they know what they're doing on this whole comparing thing and i think the adversary's greatest tool especially for women and and young women and uh the female brain is to blow somebody up with the the comparison thing and us us men as well and the whole attack on comparing you know oneself to to some highlight reel right that's what we're talking with social media is highlight reels or yeah, you know, to, to figment of somebody's imagination. Yeah, yeah. sometimes you know. the greater they look, the more the train wreck, right? Yeah, usually. <laughs> you know, how many times yeah. does that play out that way? But, you know, and again, technology is a blessing, and it can also be a curse. And, and Brooklyn or Hunter, you know, what? where have you seen that show up with yourself and also your friends with with your generation? I And I think uh, just real quickly on this is this generation – is the greatest generation that's ever been born. Their ability to adapt to change and the versatility, the resiliency is second to none. They're coming down with more gifts and more talents and more abilities and more opportunities and challenges in their life to excel because of the blessings of technology and also the challenges that come with it because of the versatility to adapt to change, just like this home MTC thing versus the training center or whatever else, right? Or being assigned to Uruguay, but being temporary assigned to, to upstate New York, you know, and all the different things to adapt to and the disappointments are choosing to pass yourself. Right. And, and go with it. So back to blessing versus the curse with social media and comparison, how has that showed up in your life to, to eliminate some apps on the phones to, to doing what you can to, to stay strong from within. I, uh, I was actually going to add on to Brooklyn just the route you went down. Um, when Brett asked the question, the first thought that went through my mind was the, it was comparison, the whole comparison game. I noticed, you know, in general, when I'm comparing myself to someone, I'm comparing my worst or, you know, at best, I'm comparing my average to someone's very best. And, and that's a cycle. I don't think that's a one-time thing. I don't think that's a, a once a day when you hop on social media thing. I think that's a mental loop that your brain gets into. And, and that my brain gets into, I'd say, I think it's really easy for me to, you know, on the, on the male perspective, I think it's really easy for me to see guys who, you know, look like they're doing super successful monetarily, or they look like they're just out having the, the time of their lives, you know? And I, I see myself comparing myself to them, like, man, what trajectory am I on? And I, it's a negative loop. It's not a loop that gets you anywhere positive unless it's motivation to set goals. And so I think, I think the negative side of technology is that comparison game. I really do. I think I've seen too many friends in, in school and too many of my own peers get into that negative psychological loop where happiness isn't something they can attain because they're, they're not at this artificial level. Yeah, they're not meeting what they, they see as the you know elite area because yeah. they see somebody else doing it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so many kids today, I mean, all they watch is YouTube. Yeah, and you see you see guys on there who are, you know, making so much money for doing dumb stuff. And it's it's the negative side of technology is 100% the time it's wasted, both on screen when you're, when you're just, you know, fiddling with your thumbs 
and not working on yourself and also off screen when you're comparing yourself to people who you shouldn't compare yourself to. I think the positive side of it is the ability to connect with others. I think that, you know, my ability to call old friends from Korea in two seconds if I want to, or, you know, if I get a thought that someone might be going through a hard time, it's so easy to reach out and share some positivity. You know, it, it takes zero dollars to text someone and say, hey, I hope you're doing good. I love you. I think that that's just um, it's such a tool for good. And so it's it's a double edged sword, I'd say. Yeah, it's about having that strong awareness, right? Of, of I know for me, um, I found myself a lot on, you know, news apps and other things like that and, and pushing myself to use some of the social media platforms. And then I found myself going to a place of being in a moment of not doing anything and immediately going to that place. Like, oh, I'm going to go here because I'm, I'm in this paused moment in my life. And then I found myself doing that and recognized it and, you know, delete the app. I, don't, I really don't want to spend any of my time doing those things. Right. But I look at it and I know that for my kids today, um, you know, they feel a lot of pressure to get on those things, right? That that's where their friends are at, right? Their friends aren't running around coming over. And, and when I grew up, I know when we were growing up, we just ran around with the neighborhood kids. I mean, you got home from school, you maybe did your homework and you were outside and you were playing. That's what I was doing. And, and today it's, it's a little bit different. Um, you know, it's, it, you got to, uh, mom's got to organize play dates with everybody, you know, and you've got to make sure that, you know, it's at this time to this time and, and it's certain friends. It's not just everyone in the neighborhood and, and things like that. And I look at that and, and I know that my kids, that's how they connect with their friends and stay connected with their friends. So I want them to do that. But I've also seen my own daughter, who's now 12, be bullied on TikTok, TikTok by, you know, kids in her school. And I couldn't believe it watching the video, you know, them, them telling her that she needs to kill herself, you know, and, and I just don't understand that. I don't know where it comes from or what it's about, or, you know, I, I just simply think about it from an empathetic place and go, well, obviously they don't have somebody in their lives who's looking out for them right now, you know, and, and you guys have obviously had a, you know, several people that have looked out for you. And that's one of the other downsides, I think, of technology, especially social media, email, text. One of my bosses said this to me a long time ago. People hide behind it. It's so easy to attack another person when you're hiding behind the technology. Half of the things they say over social media or text or email, they would never say to that person's face. I mean, you said it when you got here tonight, Jeff, I said, how was your day? And you said, I've spent the entire day on Zoom meetings and team meetings, all virtual the entire day. And by the time I was done, just physically exhausted walking away from that screen. One of my favorite quotes I have to chime it in is do not write checks with our tongues that our conduct cannot cash. Love that. Because it this battle that not just youth but adults children fight with social media is so real and we all have to take a moment and for ourselves and teach our children that it is okay to miss out there is such a big there's even a term for it FOMO fear of missing out and everybody thinks they're going to miss out on a piece of information or miss out on a social something and you know if we can just take a moment and be comfortable missing something 
And I know that one of the greatest tools of the adversary is making us think that we're going to miss something. And uh, we can never, there's a quote also that says, you can never get enough of something you don't need. And when people keep reaching for something and they can't get enough, they can't get enough, it's probably something they really don't need. We really don't need. And it's, that's how, that's on the curse side of the social media, obviously. But, and, and people hide behind it as well. It, it's kind of this big circle of, it can be for good or a big circle that can be for evil. Yeah. And I actually think of um, one of my personal experiences with that. There was, um, I had gone to California with some of my friends and one of the like TikTok Cal- California photographers had like come up to me and was like, can I take some pictures of you? And just like for the TikTok. And I was like, oh yeah, like for sure. Like that sounds fun, you know? So it was just like, there are different cute pictures and it was just like smiling and just, you know, kind of California fun stuff. And so I remember watching his video and he was like, which one was your favorite? Like in the comment section, it was like one, two or three. And there was all these comments and it was like, oh, number two, number three, number one. And I like sat there just looking through like what people thought was their favorite. And then I remember one of the comments was none with like the, like the throwing up emoji. And I was like, out of all the, out of all the comments, like I, I like sat there and I like looked at that one and I was like, all of a sudden it didn't matter that the other ones were, you know, cute and the pictures were the pictures were like cute. Like I, like I loved them, you know, but sitting there looking at that comment, I could let that just like tear me up inside or I could like just completely stop thinking about it and just realize like that person is having such a hard time that they like would want to say that about me. And instead of looking at them with all this hate and like, how could you say that? Like, like pick a picture, you know, like, don't like say that. I just like looked at them with like all this love. Like, I hope that you can, um, like find, find yourself in a better place because I think that's where a lot of that negativity comes from. But it was that, it was that mind shift for me that it wasn't that I was ugly, but it was that person was struggling with something else. And I think you kind of have to change your perspective on social media in a lot of different ways. That's just one of them, you know, with like negative comments or how you're looking at, you know, for me, like fitness stuff, I can either look at it like, wow, I wish I was her. Like, wow, that's really motivating. I'm going to do that workout. You know, it's kind of just that complete shift of mindset that you have to have if you're going to use it. Hey, you guys have both talked about self-image, you know, and that really often ties to that self-love and finding that self-love for yourselves, right? Other people don't get to find it for you, but, you know, watching those comments, it really can make an impact on that self-image, right? And you validating that and you're, you're sitting there reading through all of them to see how many people are liking yours and, it it starts to make an impact when ultimately not one of those people really do they matter, but yet it's a platform for it to matter and you give it the power by following it. First off, my older brother alarm bells just went off so hard. That made me, <laughs> that made me so mad. Hunter was over there flexing his biceps. He's like, <laughs> uh, and catch me outside. <laughs> but, uh, there's a there's a song by a guy, a guy named uh, Tom McDonald, and it's called Best Rapper Ever. I uh, I'm actually not into the rapping genre, but uh, but this guy he he started from the bottom. He talks about how you know he at one point couldn't afford rent. He's always trying to borrow money from people. He's addicted to this, addicted to that, struggling with time here, suicidal. You know, just all these these hard hard challenges that a lot of people I would say are facing these days. 
And in his song, there's a, it's himself, but with black eyes, there's a demon that's following him around, screaming all these negative things in his face. And every, every turn he takes that demons right there, you know, he's like, Hey, I know you're not reading all the comments. So I'm reading them and, and telling them to you for you. You know, he's, he's in your mind. And, and, uh, in this song, the guy's like, listen, no, I'm not listening to you. You know, I'm the best rapper ever. I don't care what they say, you know? And, and, uh, and it shows him just overcoming. He's got these chains on his neck at one point and it shows him just breaking away from this demon. And after seeing that video, I noticed there are so many moments where, for instance, right now I'm in the car selling industry and there's so many moments where I would say my demon is saying to me, you know, you're not good enough. I'm not good enough to, to do this, or I'm not, you know, I'm not talented enough to, or those people don't like me. I, I'm too young. I'm too young. I'm too, you know, immature. I'm, I'm not successful enough. I'm not, you know, professional enough. And, and then on like a relationship level, um, like with my family, it's like, oh, I'm not a good enough older brother. I'm not, you know, and it doesn't matter what it is, but I 100% believe that whether it's in our minds or whether it's actual beings, I think that there's someone always tearing us down. And so there's that moment where we got to take that chain around our neck and just say, no, I know exactly who I am and I don't care what you say and just break away from it. And once, once you can recognize that perspective, that there is someone speaking in first person to you saying i'm not good enough because that's something i've struggled with just never feeling you know i'm not good enough that's that's something that that person has said to me a lot of times um once you can recognize that for what it is and break past it and once i broke past that and recognized it for what it was i think that like my ability to to recognize that as it comes and shoot it down before it has any impact on me has just you know just been multiplied that song was like the best metaphor for that to see that demon trailing him around. You remember in the training, we talk about the stories we tell ourselves. Yeah. We talk about our fears and um, you know, one of the things that we wanted to make sure that we were able to share hourly is what we don't know. Right. And as you think about what you have gained as a family, you know, you think about the power of the, the Wilson family today and the journey that you guys have been on and how you've shared in each other's struggles. And we talk about communication a lot in the training and how we're responsible for our communication and sharing. Yet it's really hard when you have those, when I have those self doubts about myself, it's hard for me to hourly share those self doubts with other people. And it's not always what we know about our kids. It's what we don't know about them. Right. And so as you guys think about that place, right, what are some of the things that you would share with other people um, that you've had a strong awareness about for yourselves and, and you're still working through, right? It's a journey, but you're learning to overcome those things and, and, you know, build yourselves. I mean, you talk about that just a self-confidence. I mean, you guys emit so much self-confidence. And if I were to tell somebody about the Wilson family, I'd say you guys are like the picture perfect family. Um, you know, just so solid and so selfless and very spiritual and yet, um, very motivating. And, you know, you guys have a lot of drive and you push each other and you support each other. And yet it's not easy to do those things. But the more you are vulnerable and open, the easier it gets, right? So what are some of the things that you would share 
a fun a fun little story to kind of open up this topic me and brooklyn are you know we're about two years age difference and and walking into high school every day or walking out of high school every day people would be like bro who's that girl who's that chick you're with you know (laughs) they'd always think we were dating or we'd go to the we'd go to church and and people would come up and you know talk to us or, or not talk to us better yet and then find out you know four months later that i'm brooklyn's older brother and be like dang it i could have taken that girl on a date months ago <laughs> um but to open up this topic my you know my cute sister she comes in one day with with cookies for me at work she just stops by on a whim didn't know she was coming and we bounce up and we give each other a big hug and we're all excited to see each other and we're laughing about some and i introduce her to my coworkers. and two minutes later she's gone she's brought me a cookie you know 15 minute drive for her just out of nowhere and one of my coworkers goes dude i have never seen a brother and a sister love each other like that like what is up with that and i uh you know, there's a choice every single day. I, I consider it the emotional bank account. You either making deposits or you're taking withdrawals from people. And a withdrawal is always sevenfold, whatever a, a deposit is. And I think in every interaction I can with my siblings and with my parents, I, I shoot for the deposits, you know. And I think Brooklyn's made a lot of deposits into my emotional bank account. And I've hopefully made a lot into hers. And, you know, I, I'd sincerely tell the world that she's my best friend. Thank you. And top I, that, Brooklyn. <laughs> top that. Girl, I can't. I just, I'm like so grateful for all the relationships with my family. And I think about how how many times, like as a kid, he stood up for me, and how how often he was the one that you know really brought that that love into my life. And so, how much more I want to give it back to him. And um, speaking along the lines of like how we look like a perfect family, I remember. Um, me and my little sister. So she's about three years younger than me. And right now she is like everything we do with each other. She is like every night we're with each other. We share a room. We're up all night talking and we are just like seriously best friends. That girl knows like everything about me. Like I'm, cl- I'm so close with all my family, but just sharing a room with her and being so close in age, we're so close, but rewind this about eight years. And, uh, I don't think I had a worse enemy on this earth. <laughs> think I had ever fought with somebody harder made it made our lives just like it was just difficult you know you see like a perfect family and maybe on the outside we look like we got along but I just remember at home something about us that we just would get in fights all the time and we just we just you know it was I'm sure it was quite the trial for my parents you're gonna have a fun one with Nicoya <laughs> yeah she's I mean and I remember my mom looking at me one day and telling me she's like the reason you guys have so much opposition is because one day she's going to be your best friend and I was like yeah as if mom like (laughs) like like, I don't think so you know and I was like you know maybe this does have potential to turn into something good and so I was like maybe if I change the way I treated her like maybe we could get along better and maybe she would start treating me a little better and so slowly as we're younger we start you know one day we're just getting along a little better and I choose to not start a fight about something that doesn't need to be fought over. I start sharing my clothes with her, you know, like, like instead of being selfish, I'm like, you know, if I had a big sister, I would want her to like make me feel special. And so I just started treating her better. And in turn, she started treating me better. And then next thing, you know, like today, she's my, she's my wingman. She's my best friend, you know, and you don't, you don't see that side of like us being young and sworn enemies, you know, you just see us as like best friends right now. But I mean, you really have to go through something sometimes to get that strong relationship with someone. 
Adam Kellyanne sounds like marriage. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, the whole, I'll, I'll I'll tap on the whole picture. Perfect family as well. (laughs) Being you said, (laughs) because I, I say the moment you think somebody is perfect or a family is perfect or a marriage is perfect. You don't know them well enough because they've had to strive past a lot. We have worked through a lot of things, but you know, if something, if you love something enough, it's worth working through hard things. And, and that's the stuff that makes us love each other so much as we've gone through hard things and we were determined to work through it and counsel through it and love letting love prevail. And that is probably why people see so much love and, and cause God is good. He, he helps you through when you ask like, okay, like this is worth working on and let like help us work through this. And, and that, that is why. So, and yeah, like including marriage, what do you got to say, babe? <laughs> uh, I'm so grateful. Heaven knows more than I, when, uh, when it comes to uh, partner me up with the right woman, because you, you do uh, what you can to cage me and I, I'll, I'll rebel even further. And, and Kelly's just been a perfect uh, match at the same time. We've been through some ups and downs and I'm just grateful that uh, we've worked through and doubled down when we needed to, to work through the selfish moments in my life. And when I was too distracted with uh, working too many hours and thinking I was providing versus uh, maintaining and thriving with relationships and especially uh, my wife's at times and, and she's a trooper and uh, we are not a, a perfect family. We have, yeah, I mean, anybody who knows me <laughs> knows that. Uh, you were actually on time tonight. <laughs> <laughs> And I didn't have my phone in my ear. I shut her down a couple hours ago so we could focus on this. And, and uh, you know, I'm just so grateful for, for agency and the blessings and curse that agency can be too. And, uh, you know, because if you got somebody else that's not willing to make choices to, to work it out, you know, it, it's, it's tough. And that's one thing that uh, us as a, as a family, you know, we've been super lucky, fortunate, blessed to, with, that people are making choices to, to win and uh, to work together. And sometimes that's not the case with others, and, and, uh, but we're far from perfect, that's for sure. Well, I know that the last year has been uh, really exciting for most people. You know, it's, it's almost been a year, right, since our, our lives really shifted. And our relationships um, really started to be, I don't know, stressed a little bit. And, um, you know, people have kind of been left somewhat alone often. And we all know, based on what we've experienced in, in our training and, and things, that, you know, people are everything, right? And it's the time we get to spend with people and, and the memories that we make and, the, the relationships that we really work so hard for, those are the ones that we value the most. And what's the last, you know, 12 months been like for you guys? I got home from my mission two months before COVID hit Korea. And, uh, you know, my heart really went out to the people who I loved so much for two years. Um, 
I uh, originally was planning on going back to Korea in April and see all the friends I made and all the people I had uh, had the honor of meeting and knowing, and that still hasn't happened. I got home off the mission and had basically zero dollars in my bank account and had to learn, you know, that side of adulting, and that's 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 kind of hard to do. I uh, I went and did a summer sales job. Tried knocking door to door during the pandemic. That was pretty. You were knocking door to door. I was knocking door to door. Big face shield on. I was keeping, you know, guidelines and whatever, but had a lot of get the f off my porch moments. And <laughs> you know, it uh, it's been a it's been a wild year. But what have you learned? There's been a lot of lessons. The only consistent thing in this world is change, honestly. And I think that just like Brooklyn was saying, we have a choice to adapt to change and to adapt and win. And I think. There's been a couple of times this past year where I've chose not to win and, and to honestly kind of throw in the white towel. And I never, you know, I regret those moments sincerely. And so in hindsight, I've learned how to choose to win amidst all the change, despite all the challenges that we're facing. Um, I think about just, you know, that very first month there was like as a dental assistant, it was going to be the first time that I had like really had bets on March Madness and it was like a big deal in the office I was working at and I was like this is gonna be so cool and one of the dentists was so hyped for it and the moment that that got canceled I was like oh no this is serious (laughs) I was like and I just remember getting like so scared and then all of a sudden now we're only working one day a week for like emergency procedures and all of a sudden I have all this time and I think we all find ourselves in that spot where all of a sudden you know I don't have the things that were keeping me so busy. I have all this time and it really just brings the focus back on what am I, what am I doing with my time? Um, there's a lot less distraction that you, that's available. I, I loved going, you know, I'm a very extroverted person. So I wanted to be at parties. I wanted to be with my friends and concerts and every event that you could be. I just like, I loved going and doing things and for me, that was, that was really hard for the first few months. I'm just, you know, like not doing anything. And that was so hard for me. And then I realized that I was being blessed with all this time that I was spending with my family that I wasn't getting to before. And I think that it just enhanced who I already was and made me realize what I needed to do better because I had all this time to either be who I was before, kind of realize what changes I needed to make. Man, I don't, I don't know, man, with this whole COVID thing, it's just been a roller coaster. Um, you know, I, I just, my heart goes out to the youth and to our children at school and, uh, our high schoolers and just the combination of it all, you know, you don't know what, uh, you know, you don't know what path of evidence or truth or science to go down. It seems like whatever, your belief window is with it. You're going to find evidence, whatever direction. And, and, uh, I just know it's been a, a big disruptor and it's been a test. It's been a test to, to work through for sure. And, and, uh, but it's also given us time as a family. Um, it's really interesting too, to see, you know, all of with the housing and business side to where people are working remote from home now, there's a flood of people leaving the big cities coming out to rural areas. And so we're seeing, you know, really interesting markets erupt. And, uh, so it's been a huge blessing that way. Um, what a bizarre time, you know, nothing makes sense. It's just a bizarre time. I would say COVID has taught me that 
I have to keep working on things. There's been several times that uh, I have felt myself coasting. You can only coast one way, <laughs> like, you know, I, and I had to make a conscious decision. I didn't have as many things pushing me forward. I had to do that myself because I would have to consciously be like, wow, I'm, I'm coasting here. And uh, it's also been, you know, difficult to watch the youth and the children have so many roller coasters and so it's i think it's drawn our hearts outward more to think of others and i've seen that in a lot of people out there just to be thinking of others and uh and to keep moving forward even if it feels like it's only a crawl some days just keep moving forward yeah i mean as we as i look at last year uh, my word for last year was gratitude just an extreme amount of gratitude for you know the relationships the um you know, just all of the things I could choose to focus on. Um, that's what I, I, I made the choice to focus on things that I'm thankful for, um, because there's so many and we all have things to be thankful for. It's just what we choose to focus on. And our president of rapport, you know, at the, at the first of 2021, she asked everybody on the team to choose a word for the year. And I knew my word before she sent out the list and that was bold. You know, it was this year I choose to be bold, right? Show up in my vision for myself this year. Um, last year, I made a long list of all the things that uh, Jamie and I were going to do with our lives over the next five years in our life mastery class. And, and we really started to execute and we did have a big disruptor um, called COVID and afforded us so many beautiful things. And what it made us realize is the things that weren't important to us and what was important to us. And I look at 2021 and I'm just so excited for all of the amazing opportunities and, and things. And the, uh, and the, really the biggest thing is the opportunity to be bold and, and to just step up and make things happen because we all know that just having the knowledge of something is not power, right? Having the knowledge of something and then taking action, that's power, right? So as you guys look at the Wilson family in 2021, as we wrap this up, what do you see yourselves doing? What's your word for the year? I'll jump on that first. My word's adaptive or to adapt. And uh, I just absolutely love where the Wilson family's headed and in what we're doing to come to continue to come together. Um, it's great to see the the response and and notice I said response, not reaction, right? The, the choice that we make to respond to what life throws at us is is everything and to adapt and to win and uh, i'm just so grateful for the relationships with building utah youth um real quickly with the whole COVID thing we weren't able to have our building utah youth classes last summer and that was a big big hit to my to my heart because there's 100 kids that didn't get that those tools this year and who knows where we're at this year right with with it and and I just see this as such uh, an awesome defining moment and miracle in, in, in teenagers' lives to be able to, to tap into these types of tools because it's, it's magic. The public speaking skills that come to these teens that go through this training is second to none. And that's, very, that's not even really taught how to speak in front of people really, but it's a byproduct of them getting up in front of others and going for it and passing themselves. 
And it's just, it's just so profound to me how we've seen Hunter in Brooklyn over the years speak in front of groups and, you know, of peoples and not hit that panic zone to where they can stay on, on focus and on target with their message and they come from their heart and they're vulnerable and, and they're powerful talks to people. And that's one of the beautiful byproducts of this program too, with building Utah youth and rapport that I just wanted to touch on too, before, you know, um, we move forward is just the, the blessings that come from this class is the magic light going on. And I can do this. I can choose to win as Brooklyn says through tough things, the public speaking skills, the, the confidence, the accountability of their own life to move forward. And, uh, man, the, the blessings just go on and on and on. And so anybody who's listening to this, you know, take the time and it's worth your time to, to get your teenager into building Utah youth. And there's plenty of ways to make that happen. And, and quite frankly, we've raised the monies already to send your teen through. And to please pay it forward as you see the benefits of that for somebody else in the future. But make it possible for your teenager to come. And uh, because now more than ever, the adversary, the, the opposing team, the comparing, the, the, the technology, the distractions, all the above, is, we're being bombarded by psychological warfare to opposition to uncertainty, to fear, you know, it's just all stacking up in, in every way possible. So the confidence to counter the, the counter this fight and battle that we're in. And, you know, I'll, I'll just wrap up sharing my favorite quote. And it's the greatest battle in life is fought in the silent chambers of oneself. And I truly believe that, that if we win the game from within, it'll manifest itself on the out. And uh, I love it. And I love the tools, the mental horsepower that this training has done for me and, and our family is, is just beautiful. And uh, it's allowed us to win, win matches and win battles that we probably would have lost before. And so with the, the battles that we're winning, we can go win the war and, uh, and make it happen. So my word is to adapt and adaptability. I really like your idea. Of you don't. Choosing. You don't have to have a word. Well, I like your idea of choosing as a family. We might have to uh, implement that. But my word for the year personally is strong. I can be strong. I, you know, I can do things that I might not feel I can do because I. It only feels like it. Especially it. when you see your kids doing it. Yeah, it's true. Oh, they motivate. They they teach me more than I teach them. They are amazing. That's debatable. I've learned a lot from mom. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I, uh, I've decided, actually I hadn't thought about it, but I decided my word for this year is going to be discipline. I think to, you know, to touch lightly on a few topics we've talked about today, there's a lot of time people are wasting. There's a lot of time that I've wasted. There's a lot of opportunities that we have to invest in ourselves and for me to invest into myself. I think that, you know, if I can, if I can master where I'm spending my time, and I can master how I'm choosing to improve and how to set goals. And I can be disciplined and follow through with that. I think I'll be leaps and bounds ahead of where I would be should I not choose to do that. And I, uh, I think discipline is a choice for me. And that's, uh, that's where I'm going with this year. 
My word for this year is powerful because the next year and a half of my life is dedicated to God and his message is powerful and is one that people need in a time where there's a lot of peace. There's no peace. They need that peace. And where I've given a lot of my power of um, where I'm going to take my life with COVID and everything, I think taking back that power to spread a message and to be a powerful person to have a firm, firm strength and testimony to be able to give it to people and to have that power. So that's my word is powerful. I think mine would probably be perseverance after all we've gone through over the past year. How funny is it, is that, that it's right above our shoulder with everything we've gone through over the, over this past year, we're going to make it through. We're all going to make it through. It's coming. You could just feel that it's close. We're coming. The lights at the end of the tunnel. We just got to keep moving and fighting through it. Yeah, Jeff. Um, you know, I want to uh, thank the Wilsons for joining us here tonight. Definitely a special time. Look forward to, you know, listening and hearing from your journey over the next year. You know, Brooklyn, good luck on your thank mission. You. Thank you. And um, I know you've got a huge support system. Obviously, if you need any help when, you know, on your mission, you can just simply call Hunter and he'll just run right over there and take care of it. <laughs> he'll bring me a cookie. <laughs> yeah, he's going to bring you some cookies. Um, yeah, you know, thanks for taking the time. And, you know, those, those of you that are listening, um, you know, one thing that Adam mentioned was, uh, you know, giving back and, and giver's gain is one of our mottos. And when we give, we give back. So the only thing we ask is if, if you, the, the message that the Wilson shared with you today, if, if you found value in it, you know, share it, share it with other people in your lives. That's the purpose of it. And, you know, you never know the difference you can make by just sharing a little bit of yourself and you never know the difference you can make by simply just being kind to another person. So, you know, let's, let's step up and, and make things happen. To touch on that, someone shared this message with us and I, uh, whoever that was, I'm grateful to them. And it's shaped, it shaped the Wilson family for sure. Yeah. That's Swan Dive. That's Chad Sorensen. Yeah. He, uh, he had an energy about him and I said, man, what's, what's going on in your life to, you know, you're, you're hitting an extra step. And, uh, he told, shared it with me and uh, I was excited. I just want to shout out to, uh, to Brett and Jeff being part of the building Utah board youth board. And, uh, you know, we're, we're all there for volunteer, you know, and no one's getting paid except for our foundation director. And we're not, we, we don't pay her enough for what she does. And yeah, uh, she's, she's actually, here, yeah, she's right actually here uh, filming us in the background. And Maisie, thank you so much for uh, all that you do and taking the, taking charge and, and heading this thing up and taking it to the next level. And, um, and back to Brett real quick, you know, I've, <clears throat> I've met very few people in my life that every time I'm around them, they wait, they want me, I want to be a better person and, uh, to really go for it. And he's a great example and mentor in my life and to see what he's accomplished and the price that he has paid to actually facilitate this training. And, uh, there's so much more there in Brett than what just meets the eye and all that you do for this community, for your family, for your, for your employees, for your work, 
and all that you're doing and uh, the hits that you've taken with the rapport family, with not being able to train and do what you've done and to with gratitude and to be bold and to keep uh, fighting the way you're fighting with your team and uh, you know, all the relationships you've got in your life. And, and I just consider you one of the, one of the choicest human beings on this planet. And I don't say that lightly. Thank you, Adam. Yeah. So um, now I get to follow that up. That's great. <laughs> yeah. It's so very thankful to be here. Thank you for the, the, just the wonderful, you know, vulnerability today and, and sharing your, your journey you're on and, and just honored you guys, you guys really are um, that, that beautiful family and you know, you are, you know, and it's okay to share that and it's okay to, um, you know, let everybody know that it's not easy. Right. And, uh, that's, that's when we get real with each other. So thanks again for today. And, um, we'll, we'll see you soon. Thank thanks you, you guys. Incredibly you. inspiring. Respect, integrity, passion, personal power, leadership, enthusiasm. This has been the empowering youth podcast from building Utah youth to become part of the 3% visit building Utah youth on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or on our website at buildingutahyouth.com.